Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and my guest today is Andy Borowski. He is the founder and CEO of Saki, which is an awesome, awesome product that you put on your hockey stick. It looks cool. It protects the stick. It protects your car and allows you to play indoors. So this was a lot of fun. Andy was a teacher pretty close to where I am currently sitting in my basement, which was a lot of fun, but definitely check out what he's got going on and please enjoy this episode because he's a great person great guy obviously and he's a, he was a teacher you know we appreciate that teacher coach now a business owner sincerely appreciate what he's got going on so please enjoy this episode with andy borowski yes. Today, I'm for the love of sports. I'm Michael Raziel. My guest today is Andy Borowski, founder and CEO of Saki, who's also a teacher, an education teacher, and we appreciate him for that. Andy, how you doing today, man? Good morning, Michael. How are you? Good to be here. It's a good day to be alive, brother. It's a good day yeah. to be alive. The Northeast is starting to warm up a little bit, so hopefully I uh, can go outside a little more often and not have, I mean, we're all cooped up inside in some capacity, but hopefully yeah. eventually can at least just sit outside on my deck moving forward. So I, I wouldn't be too angry about that. <laughs> exactly. Days like this make it nice. It's, exactly. it's nice to get outside. Yep. After this interview, I'm probably going to uh, go do a little work from the deck. So it's nice and sunshiny there, so I'll go enjoy it. But Andy, first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is... Why do you love sports so much? Oh, wow. Well, you know, I realized at a very young age that I was a highly competitive person. And um, going outside, I live, I grew up in the outside, outside suburbs of Philadelphia. So we always had kids around, neighbor friends, and we would always go outside and play. And I was usually one of the youngest, uh, surrounded by a lot of older guys um, in the neighborhood. And, you know, with that competitive edge and, and just playing sports, no matter what it was, we'd go out and play baseball, football, hockey, soccer. Um, I just learned at a, a young age that I was competitive and I, and I loved bringing that out through sports. Um, and it just carried through my entire life. As I got a little bit older, I, I focused more on hockey more than anything else. Um, you know, hockey takes up a lot of time um, with the ice time and the traveling. And um, so I kind of phased away on the other sports and focused more on hockey. But um, I just, as I was growing up, I... I realized outside of my neighborhood, you know, when you grow up in the outside of, of Philadelphia, there's that competition everywhere. And, and the more I started traveling around and playing sports, um, no matter what sport it was, really, I just found like, wow, there's, there's a lot of people out there that have that same competitive edge through sports. Let's do it. You know, I welcome the challenge and just always love the competitive aspect of it, you know, all the way up from being a little kid to high school to college and, and even then uh, coaching. I love it, man. And that's that's one thing a lot of people do bring up is that competitive aspect of sports because it's something that you learn from a very young age, right? Like I'm I'm not the most competitive person, but man, I hate losing. I hate yeah. losing so <laughs> much. So I don't know exactly how that qualifies me, but the, the competitive nature and the competitive aspect of sports is definitely something that people learn. They learn the hard work aspect. They learn a lot of different things when it comes to sports. So I think it's very important to really understand those from a young age. Because you're going to be able yep. to utilize those moving forward. You know, as we said, you're a teacher. So first off, thank you. Um, but I'm sure there's some sort of competitive aspect in that or something you can at least um, 
allow to go through you to the kids that you are teaching and, and, and helping them understand those aspects too. And so with, you know, as you said, growing up outside of Philadelphia, sorry to hear that, of course, but <laughs> that's where um, no, don't <laughs> worry. I'm, there'll be a couple more jabs throughout this. I promise you that, um, okay. with that, um, how, how long did you end up playing hockey for and how far did you take, um, the hockey career now, obviously understanding you, you coach it, but you know, the right. playing days, what were those like? Right. Well, I, I started young uh, with the influence of my father uh, when I was about five, six, seven years old. My my family, we were fortunate to have my grandfather actually got flyer season tickets in 1968. That's cool. And, yeah, and um, passed down to my father, then passed down to me. So we've had the same tickets since 1968. So hockey's always been in my my family, um, along with my uncles, of course. And um, we, geez, so I, I played high school, um, well, you know, youth, then high school then college, when I decided I wanted to focus more on the education aspect, I didn't really take hockey to a higher level, but I played, um, actually played Ryder University, that's where I went to college, so familiar in New Jersey. Um, following college, I had a little stint at an ECH, ACHL um, team up, you know, near us. But, um, you know, at that point, I was kind of past my peak. Um, I was about 25 years old. I welcomed the opportunity, but my body wasn't the same. And, uh, so I kind of stopped there after a few tryouts of the ECHL. Um, I was also juggling teaching at the time, so it would have been difficult to do. Um, but then I, I pretty much um, jumped into coaching, and um, that's kept that competitive edge. I was coaching in Lawrenceville and then at Princeton Day School for a while. And then, fortunate for me, Saki really took off, and I couldn't juggle everything. And so I had to swap the, the skates for some socks and a stick, and, and so be it. And that's where we are today. I love it, man. And we'll get into that story a little bit more. But I mean, you know, just getting a tryout in the ECHL has to be so cool. And just not yeah. not that you needed the validation, but man, that is I mean, you made it to minor leagues, like not too many people make it to college, not too many people make it past there. So kudos and congratulations to you, man. I think Thanks. that it is so cool. And just the opportunity. I actually have a buddy of mine who was the GM of the Elmira Jackals, if I'm not mistaken, okay, I, think I think an yep. ECHL team up in like upstate New York or New Hampshire. I honestly have no idea exactly where it is, but yeah. it was really interesting. And, you know, him telling me all those stories and I guess what, what was that time? Like, especially playing in college, you know, Ryder, I don't know what division Ryder is for hockey. So I'll need you to help me out there. Yeah, but. They were a D I think at the time they might've been a D two club. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I think they've, they've raised the bar a little bit now. I'm not sure what they are. Um, you know, and, and for what it was, we were we were a really good team, and we won a championship one year. Um, and I and I loved it. You know, it just kept me on the ice, and it it was good competition. Um, but I'm sorry, getting back to your question, what was where where were we going oh, with that? I I don't I don't know. We never really. I never even made it oh, there. What was what was, like, what was yeah. the ECHL like? That's right. Like, I'm what sorry. Was minor league hockey like. Right. Um. You know, I only had a stint there, so it was definitely exciting. Like you said, I mean, I remember going for the tryout. I remember when I found out I was going to have the tryout. I had about three months to actually prepare for it. And I mean, I took the summer. It was right at the end of the summer. And I was, uh, I mean, that was my focus all summer was just mm -hmm. to prepare for this. Um, and it was, it was exciting. I mean, just to think about it and to be there and to be again at that level where you're playing with guys that are just, you know, awesome. And that's not even the highest of high, you know, to be, you know, on the same ice as, as some of those guys was great. Um, yeah, it was a thrill. It was great. It's, um, Something I'll always remember for sure. And I had a couple of buddies when I was coaching um, in New Jersey. There was a couple of buddies that played as well. There was actually a time where I think there was a lull, um, and um, some of my buddies that were also coaching, and they were we were all young. They got a call to come up and play a game here or two, you know, here or there. 
And I said, wow, you know, be, that would be awesome if I can, you know, get something like that. So maybe unfortunately, you can... some injuries got in the way and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm five, six on a good day. So, you know, it's not easy for us little guys to make it that far. I mean, I'm sure in the program book, you're what, like six feet with skates on. So it's exactly. fine. And you're doing exactly. something right. And uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, we have all those emergent, you know, every year or every like, I guess, I don't know, like five years, it looks like there's an emergency goalie popping in somewhere, yep. making some incredible saves. That was, yeah. I think it was earlier this year, but honestly, this, these last two months yep. have felt like three years. So I actually don't remember. <laughs> um, but it's just so cool seeing those stories, those opportunities. It's always a lot of fun. And Hey, maybe that's going to be you one day, Andy. Maybe that's hey, going to be I'll you be one day. We'll see great. what happens. I wish. Awesome. Could you, if you don't mind, could you hold out the the microphone a little bit? It's scratching against your your t shirt. So, oh, it's, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. No worries. Just done it a little bit. So, with that, you know, as you said, with at, when you were at the ECHL team, you were already actually getting into teaching. So, what is it about teaching? that you've wanted to do teaching coaching. It seems like that's kind of the route you were going for a long time. What was it about that, that you always, you know, you had this dream, you had this desire to kind of, as I like to say, shape our youth. Right. You know, I think I, it goes back to my earlier days. I grew up going to camp my entire life and um, I'll never forget the first year that I actually um, transferred from being a camper to a counselor was a, a big transition. And it was, and it was amazing time. As much as I love being a camper, I was fortunate to be a counselor for the first year with one of my best friends and still to this day. And we just had a blast. And the excitement and the energy that we felt just being able to give back and putting those smiles on our campers' faces and having a good time and you know being looked up to as like a role model was just a tremendous experience. And from there, I kind of realized that, hey, you know, I could do this um, as a coach. I could do this as a teacher, everything that you know, I've kind of had experience with um, not the teaching at that point, but at the the sports and that kind of merged a little bit as I got older is to jump into education. Um, and I knew that if I was going to be in education, I'd still have my summers free um, to be a camp counselor, to work in sports um, in the summertime, whatever, it, you know, that might be. And it's really, you know, it, it came through and then that's how it worked out. Um, that passion that I have about just kind of wanting to do more for others and, and, make people feel good about what they're doing and, and build their confidence in ways that I've learned um, through sports growing up and through my camp experience um, was something that I was able to portray and, and, and give back in that aspect. Well, we appreciate you there, man. I think a lot of parents, especially of younger children, are learning. Uh, it's not that easy uh, no. being a teacher. And hey, maybe they do deserve a couple extra bucks. I will ride that train all day. <laughs> I want you guys to get paid as much as possible. But again, it's the teaching. It's the coaching aspect. And so Tell me the story. I mean, I, you've already told me, but I think you know, now we have the red uh, the red light on recording. Tell me the story about how Saki came about because of you know wh what you were doing with teaching and coaching at the time. Sure. So I was just going back now, going back to 2006, I was teaching and coaching in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and I was teaching second grade um, and coaching in the... Uh, Luckily, I had good relationships with the PTA. I was always trying to help out in, in any type of capacity um, for the kids after school, whatever it might be, or um, any type of programs. And one of the mothers from the PTA had a great idea. She said, hey, listen, you're the local hockey guy. Um, we'd love to you, for you to run an after-school hockey program, you know, if you'd like to, um, just to keep the kids busy. And instead of going home and who knows what they're doing, let them stay after school for a little bit and, and play some hockey. So I said, sure, you know, that's great. Let's do it. Let me run it by the principal and, and we'll put a program together. Um, to make a really long story short, I ran it by our principal and who was a great guy, uh, you know, open about it. He said, sure, let, let me hear what you got. 
And when I told him the idea, he said, you know what? The only problem is our school just built a brand new gymnasium floor, spent thousands of dollars on this floor. So if you scratch this floor up with hockey sticks, you pretty much said, I'm a dead man. <laughs> I can't let you do it. I'm sorry. As, as much as I like to. And I, you know, I said, okay, well, there's gotta be a way we could figure this out. So at the time I was again, coaching high school players and we would do a lot of off ice training because it's difficult to get to the rink every day. So I had my ice hockey players come to the gym and I said, guys, we're going to practice indoors today. And, I, and we're going to put a sweat sock, literally bring a sweat sock to practice. And we taped our sweat socks onto our stick, you know, slid them on, taped mm-hmm. them around. So they'd stay. And we played, we scrimmaged for a good hour. Um, and it was awesome. It was fun. Nobody got hurt. This not, not a scratch on the floor. It was amazing. And I said, hey, there you go. Why don't I just buy a ton of sweat socks, put them on the sticks, and, and we'll be able to play. And it was kind of it just came, you know, how do I not call it socky? You know, at that point, mm-hmm. sock and hockey, I mean, it was just, you know, right there. Um, so principal said, go for it. Um, it was it was a hit the first year in 2006, and it just continued to be to to grow and be popular after that. And uh, which, you know, long story, but it mm-hmm. developed into, into where we are now. Floor hockey was always one of my favorite sports to play in gym class. Um, <laughs> more towards high school because you know we were a little bit more adept and capable than second graders. But shout out to those second graders. Uh, yeah. Or shout yeah. out to everybody who was playing at the time, which is pretty funny. But yeah, and you know what? It's funny being in the area still. I, I live in Pennsylvania, but I'm I'm right at the border of New Jersey and still do a lot of my and I teach in New Jersey. Um, and and my coaching experience and whatever. And I run into some former students all the time. And I recently ran into a, a guy who was one of my first hockey players in 2006. And I had the team picture. I actually had, I have all my wow. team pictures. Um, I make it a point to take a team picture for every single team that goes through Saki. And we have multiple seasons throughout the year. So we have, I mean, tons and tons of team pictures. And once in a while I bump into former students and I bumped into a guy who was, at my shoulders, I think for this team pictures, he was a big second grader mm-hmm. and I, and I bumped into him and now he's like six, seven. I mean, nice. huge. And it's like, Hey, do you remember? He's like, yeah, of course, man. That was the best. I remember Saki. And, um, so that, that's cool. You know, being able to find those kids that play the game through all these years. And, you know, the funny thing is majority of them were never hockey players. Mm-hmm. They just wanted something fun to do. It was at school, um, run around, you know, learn the game. We played music and, yeah, we, we brought the game to a lot of people and we still do. Exactly. And that it allows you to, you know, your expertise within the sport to allow that again, to go through you, your experiences, your wisdom, your knowledge to go to these kids. And now they, they get to learn a little bit more about this sport. It's, you know, I love all four of the major sports. They're all fantastic. Baseball is my favorite, of course, but man, if you can teach someone hockey and then just sit them down in front of a TV, double overtime and yeah. game seven of some playoff round, if you're not if you're not into it, man, you're never going to be into it. So you know, right. you just go home at that point. But what um, you know, so it, the the idea is great. You know, putting sweat socks on hockey sticks, I love it. How how do you monetize that? You know, how how do you then like not just write on a sweat sock like patent pending? Like you know what I mean? So how do you then turn this into a business? Yeah, well, that's a great question because I actually have one of those. <laughs> I love you know, it. You know, again, the, the tricky part is when you know going back to 2006 and then you know for the next four or five years everybody kept saying to me hey man this is awesome you got to do something with it you got to do this you got to do that and you know i was juggling teaching and and you know everything else in life and it wasn't and coaching so i it was as much as i wanted to it was hard to find the time to do it i i had ideas i once you know um got the sock and i, I still have it i think it's on our website where the original sock it's, it's literally a white sweat sock mm-hmm. and i wrote with a blue sharpie Saki on it because that was my vision. Like I want to turn this into something. Um, 
years down the road. Um, and, and again, luckily the program was popular. So the program has been running for a very long time and we're introducing kids to the game. Um, so that was generating a little bit of revenue. We also give a lot back to the community, which helps out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, so to answer your question, it, it came to a point where about five or six years later, I said, I have to be able to design or develop something better than just a sock. Um, and then we went through another couple of years of figuring, you know, what worked best for that. I went from a white sweat sock to a white tube sock that was professionally, you know, mocked up and it had our okay. logo on it, which was cool for a couple of years. But still, I thought, you know, we could do something better because at the end of the day, I'm ruining these socks. They're not going to last. I'm wasting a lot of money on very cool socks mm-hmm. for our sticks. So uh, finally, just, um, you know, as a hockey player, I thought, what would I want, you know, growing up? Because I want something that I could use if I'm ever playing or practicing indoors. But also I want something that looks cool when I go to the rink. You know, something that will protect my stick and style um, Mm -hmm. and won't damage my car. You know, I realize that moms and dads appreciate this product just as much. And as a coach myself, when I started throwing my stuff in, yeah, Yeah. threw my my sticks in my car, I started realizing, you know, it wasn't long that I had black nick scratches all in on the interior of my car and mm-hmm. sometimes i damage the side and i said geez you know th- this is great for myself i mean let alone you know a hockey player so there's multiple functions um and so luckily we were able to keep the program going of course and we just recently designed uh, this this the sake which is more of a neoprene fabric that has a zippered back um and and people love it i mean it's been taking off um I tested them for a while with the program just to see if it worked on floors, and it did. And of course, I tested it for myself when I use it when I travel for my sticks. Um, and it just got to the point where we developed it and we designed them that we could also customize them, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, again, maybe it's my my own personal hockey experience growing up, but you know, what a better way to be walking with a piece of equipment that you can customize with your own number or your team logo? I mean, it just makes it all better, you know. I love it. I think yeah. it's such a cool idea too, uh, especially as you said. Now it's now it's more than just like, hey, you can play floor hockey. Now it's a protection. You know, right. you can use it for protection. You can use it because it looks really cool. If you can customize it, if a whole team gets one, right? right? Like that yep. looks pretty yeah. damn cool. Everyone walking in like that, especially yeah. when you're in that like teenage, like oh, yeah. early twenties. Like that's kind of the only thing you care about is looking cool, right? So exactly. it's uh, you know that that aspect of it is pretty great too. And I guess what um what's it been like trying to build this brand and build this product line especially and understanding like hey if you want this to be your full-time job you're gonna have to you're gonna have to sell a lot of these things yes yes it's been interesting i mean i i love it i'm passionate about it i mean i this has been my my baby so to speak for Mm -hmm. so long but um you know i'm learning a lot along the way as well which is great um and really i've had a lot of help from a lot of friends and family that are kind of in that world that can direct me to the right people or have um, assisted me themselves. So there's a lot of people that I, that I could thank to help me get that ball rolling. But you're right, it, it's been quite an experience. Um, and again, you know, maybe I think I'm fortunate that two things in the hockey world, the hockey world is a small world, especially if you've been involved for several years, you know, mm-hmm. the worlds just overlap. Um, and also around the Philadelphia area, um, especially i mean you know you there's just multiple multiple overlaps of who knows who or who played with who or who's got a brother that played here and you know them so that's helped out a lot as well to, to kind of spread the word a couple of people have heard about it and they said oh yeah you know i remember i played with uh, borowski growing up and uh yeah let's do this and 
we've been fortunate to help spread the world the word in that sense. Um, we also had a few charity events coming up that unfortunately were, were, were canceled and postponed. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were supposed to be um, in March and April. Um, same thing for people that I've either just grown up with, um, friends of friends in the family. A couple of the Flyers alumni were involved um, for some charity games, some NHL alumni. Um, again, it's one person that just, just knows another person mm-hmm. that played with so-and-so um, in that small hockey world. And um, that's been able to give us a little bit of momentum, which is great. I love it. I think yeah. it's great. You know, one thing about it, again, it's it's easy, it's fun, it's it, it can be utilized for all ages, right? It can be utilized for kids all the way yeah. up to you know, professionals if they really want to at some point. So I think just kind of the sweet spot that you're hitting, it's specific enough, but also broad enough that you can actually capture a significant portion of the market. And with what has been going on in, you know, this time where everyone's kind of stuck inside, uh, you tell me, I don't really know, you know, how many ice rinks are still available for teams to practice in. It seems like the perfect time you're going to want a sake so that way you can still do some stick handling. You can still practice some of the stuff. So what have you seen from that regard of, you know, I don't know if sales have gotten better or didn't decrease as much as you expected with all this going on. But if you don't mind giving us a little backstory into that, I think it would be great. Sure. Sure. Yep. Sales have increased um, because of that. Uh, we, and we actually tweaked the design a little bit for mm-hmm. that factor. Um, originally the sake was an elastic back and it was made really just for indoor play. Um, specifically again, I wanted to use it for the game, but then, you know, as it it kind of grew a little bit and I realized that I wanted to make this more for also the ice hockey player, not Mm -hmm. just the indoor floor hockey player. Um, we added a zippered back, which was a game changer and really now it's has the dual function of course, but if you're an ice hockey player and, and, you know, it's super relevant for right now, of course, because you're stuck inside, you Mm -hmm. want to play hockey, you need to practice your skills. Um, there's a huge following of, of virtual online classes and training right now. And a lot of kids don't have the capability to play anywhere. You could do the, they might have a computer and they might mm-hmm. want, you know, to play and stick handle, but they can't, yeah. they can't go outside or they don't have a garage. So you slap one of these sockies on your stick and you you can do it in your kitchen, you mm-hmm. know, use the right ball. Your kitchen floor won't be damaged. I mean, it's great. So I really wanted to keep that in mind. I wanted to, as much as I, you know, as much as we we love it as as far as it looking cool and being a nice new cool product that that no one's ever seen, while you protect your stick and you travel to the rink, I wanted to have a, a really good function for that hockey player. Mm-hmm. You know that that I was when I was growing up, and how cool it would have been for me to have this and to just play in my kitchen on a bitter cold, freezing, snowy day when I couldn't even go anywhere, but I could still play in my house and stick handle with a ball or a yep. puck. You know, and and that's been really our goal, and um. You know, to answer your question, it, it's helped in that regard to, to boost sales a little bit because kids get it. And moms, hockey moms love it. You mm-hmm. know, um, hey, if, you, if they can get something that to keep their kid playing and, and not ruin their house, I mean, it's so it's the one two punch right there. Yeah, right. You said use the right ball. Hopefully uh, not a tennis ball because I feel like that can get hit a little too hard yeah. and break a couple of things in the house. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. And, you know, kudos to you guys for being able to, you know, for lack of a better term, take advantage of what's going on. It's obviously nobody wants this to happen, of course. Right. But if you right. can find the positives in it, if you can do some things that come out of it, that way you're, you guys are set up for the future. There's nothing wrong with doing that nothing wrong with trying to better yourself, better your business. And you're, and you're helping everyone else, right? Like you got right. into teaching to help kids. Now you're just helping them in another way, which I think is great. And that's the thing it's, you know, in the back of my mind, it's kind of, you know, you feel a little guilty because you're just like, Don't. Oh wow. Am I really taking advantage? But you know what, you know, we, you know, we, we are, we're doing a lot to help kids keep a smile on their face and to keep mm-hmm. playing the game that they love. But also 
everything that we've been doing with all of the, the deals that we've been kind of discussing with, whether it's a local youth organization or a couple NHL affiliates that we're, we're discussing, we're talking to, it's, you know, we're, we're talking about how can we give back in, in some sense, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the revenue that's being generated. Does your organization need this to keep afloat, you know, for the rink because the rink needs work and you haven't been able to generate any revenue or do you need this for a local hospital, uh, nursing home that, that you are trying to give back to or help out? So that's one of the questions that we're always having with any discussions that, that we do for, for some of these larger orders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we love, you know, from the beginning, it's all about the community. Um, Absolutely. We have a couple um, fundraisers that, that we've done in the past. And again, those charity events, um, we've just donated the product. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. made custom sakis for anybody that's playing in all of our charity games. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's all about giving back for us for sure. Of course. And it seems like you're doing a great job of it. And that seems like it's just been kind of your life, right? Giving back yeah. as a teacher, giving back as a coach, and now, you know, finding other opportunities and other avenues to give back as well. And, and one thing, you know, I mean, I think it's such a cool product that pretty much anybody that plays hockey can utilize marketing seems like it has to be number one on everyone's mind at all time. And I know you said you've talked to some Flyers alumni, which is awesome. Uh, you know, so you're getting some people that were from the NHL. What other avenues are you guys trying to market this product to, you know, the, I mean, you have to get it in front of the parents, right? Because they're the ones that are going to buy it, but the kids have to think it's cool. So it's kind of this like dual way of going about it. So what are you guys doing um, without giving up too much of the secret sauce to really just get the product in front of the right people? Yeah, that's a great question. So again, yeah, we're lucky that again, in the, in the hockey world, it's a small world. So, you know, somebody that knows Mm -hmm. someone that, that is interested and willing to take a shot. Um, We've been, again, you know, I, you know, sometimes to a fault, I, I, I donate. <laughs> so I like to give back. So we've done mm-hmm. some events with also the um, women's, uh, the PWHPA, P, yeah, uh, Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Um, they've had a couple events that came through right before COVID came around. There was one in Toronto, one in outside of Philadelphia at the Voorhees Skate Zone. And we were happy to donate sockies about two to 200 um, per event just to get them into the hands of kids to show them what we have and mm-hmm. to make them feel good about playing um, and to walk away from these awesome events with something special that um, just reminded them about being there and seeing the showcase. Um, so we've been just kind of um, donating a little bit, donating the product and getting it out there. Um, we've also linked up with a lot of distributors that have seen um, obviously an increase in online sales. Mm-hmm. And whether it's something where they would like to put their own logo on the sake, which we can do, and they give them out if you spend a certain amount of money, you know, spend X, get a free sake, um, you know, that that always works. Um, but, um, yeah, it's been pretty much the online, mm-hmm. you know, and the social media sales, um, but also wherever. See, the tricky part is, again, we're all inside, so yes. it's hard. We can't go to a hockey rink and, and have an event. Um, that's been the tricky part right now. So a lot of it is those players that are in the house playing, mm-hmm. um, focusing on their skills. A lot of the guys that are doing some online training, virtual training, um, are interested um, in pushing this product out because they know that they have hockey players that want to play, but they have no means of doing it because they don't have the right equipment, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate, but as you, you said, you know, if sales are increasing and people are starting to notice what you guys are doing a little bit more. I think you're clearly doing something right. So don't stop whatever you're doing there. And we appreciate that you're giving back too. I think that that part's, it, it's great. And yeah, you just got to get the product in people's hands, right? It's like a restaurant, you know, no one's going to go to the restaurant so they know the food's good. And if they're going to check out your product and see it's good, they're then going to tell their friends. And I guess, you know, you brought it up before you were using tube socks, you're using sweat socks. 
and they would, you know, they would get ruined. So you need a new one. I, I, I have not seen the product, but I assume from this conversation and, and some of our previous conversations that it's not, it, it's a good product and it's not oh, like yeah. it's going to, it's going to get ruined. So, yeah. you know, how, how often does some, you know, the, the life cycle of a product or a customer, and again, you don't have to, we don't have to dive super deep into the financials, but it sounds like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, are there multiple stick sizes that eventually when they grow, they'll need to buy more or how, how does that work? Because if someone buys one once and it's a really good product, they're not going to need to buy one for a while. So you need to go out and find a whole right. new customer, right? Right, right. And that's a great question. It's a great point. It's actually something that we really thought about when we designed this was with the, uh, with a hockey player in mind and the stick blade, the stick blades, they, they do vary, but not so much where, yeah. you know, yeah, there are youth sticks, obviously, and, and adult sticks. Um, the blades are, are pretty close in size, close enough that mm -hmm. the way we designed this model, and again, that's where the zippered back came into play, was that mm -hmm. you know, it, it keeps it tight and, and fresh, and it, it has that capability to stretch a little bit if needed. Or if the stick blade is a little bit smaller than the design of the sake, it's still zippered shut, so mm -hmm. it will keep it secure and safe, um, which has been great. So it's you know, it's, and it's durable. Um, exactly. So yeah, to your point, you know, it's, it's almost too durable. <laughs> it's great. You know, you could buy a sake and have it forever. Um, you know, but we hope we're going to come out with different styles, you know, mm -hmm. and what you might like right now, when we come up with our, our newer, newer version or newer models, um, we're going to try and maybe be a little bit more fun and creative. Um, you know, you're always going to have the option for your team logo and team number, which I think is, is very important yes. and, and cool. But you know, I, I, you know, being being an elementary school teacher, you have that silly background sometimes. So I have some fun ideas planned of, you know, different patterns and what kids might like. And mm -hmm. I even I envision this as, you know, geez, you have five to ten at your house. And which one do you want to wear today when you go to the rink? Yep. You know, which one do you want to show off? Because, that you know, that's an important part of the product that I, that I always try not to forget about is it's great to play indoors and to use this as a, as a tool to help you, you practice. But more so, you want to wear this to the, to the rink. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. th this is important again for mom and dad's car, but also, you know, there's uh, with everything going on at the hockey rinks right now, the new protocols about where you can get dressed in the locker room and how far you have to be spaced out from people. Um, it's going to be important to have your equipment, you know, labeled for, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Yep. I mean, you don't, we don't know where kids are going to have to be sitting in these locker rooms. I think the new rules are you could only maybe have about six kids in a locker room at a time. You have to come to the, to the rink dressed full gear which, you know, kids have, we haven't done that since we were little, you know, five, mm -hmm. six year olds, you know, you get your wake up, you get dressed at home and you drive to the rink with all your equipment on, except for your skates. That's kind of the new norm right now with all mm -hmm. the, the rules and regulations. So you might be getting dressed in the snack shop, you know, and, and you want, you don't want your stick to get lost. You want, yeah. you know, something on there that shows your, your number or even, you know, your team logo and your name. And, um, cause you don't want to lose your stick. I mean, these sticks are so expensive right now. It's unbelievable. And you don't yeah. want it to break. So mm -hmm. You know that's that that double double function um, of how important it is to have your stick protected and to know which one's yours. Yeah, I think the customization factor is uh, definitely a, a a piece that will have people buy maybe one, two, three, as you said. Like, it, and I, I appreciate that you guys even thought of that. You know, I hate the um, replace economy. I really prefer the repair economy because it's ridiculous to have something, have it break, throw it out, and buy a new one. And, you right. know, so it, it sounds like you guys did not go that route where it's, this is very durable. We're, our goal is for you to have this for the rest of your life, but you know, you might want to wear, you have multiple pairs of shoes, right? You, you got different yeah. hats, you know, just think about it like that. Have it customized. Maybe every year you get a new one for the team, the number, as you said, which is really cool. And, you know, those opportunities, uh, you know, again, it's, 
it's not like it's an absurdly expensive product. It's very affordable and it's doing a lot for you. So I think that that part's very important as well. And sounds like you guys are hitting the nail on the head. So appreciate you there. Yeah, thanks. So we, we try to, I, I kind of envision us again, I'm, I'm a diehard you know, hockey player growing up. So it's more of like, I could see it being a collection type of piece. Mm-hmm. I re- remember when I was traveling, going to tournaments and still to this day, kids want a piece of memorabilia from that tournament. It's usually a hat or a t-shirt. You know, we've been talking to a few um, tournaments and, and rink owners that like the idea of this being something that you get when you're at a tournament. You mm-hmm. know, and you have a, uh, yeah. Lake, Lake Placid is a, a big one, of course. You know, you go to Lake Placid, you walk away with a, you know, Lake Placid 2020 hockey sake on your stick to remember that weekend tournament by um, things like that. So I, I, I envision this as something as more of like a collection, you know, because the product works so great. It's kind of like which one do you pick to wear today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that is that's cool. I like yeah. that, like, especially when you when you loop it in with the the tournaments, the events, especially. Um, maybe we can get you at the Olympics one of these years. How's that? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. But um, yeah. so a uh, couple more topics before um, I'm out of questions, pretty much. So one thing we touched upon it a little bit before, how by introducing this into the school system and helping other kids understand it, you've really been able to introduce hockey to a brand new generation and a whole new group of kids. How have you seen through coaching, through teaching, and through obviously this program, have you seen kids either adopt the sport more, adopt new life lessons? How have you seen just by introducing Saki that they've been able to develop better, especially from a younger age? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Because that that was actually one of the main focuses when we started the the program, Saki, in the schools. Um, Because another point to that is, you know, we, we always wanted to give back to the community. And, and when I designed this program, I really wanted to put all the pieces together that would really make it fun for the kids and have them have learning experiences. And all of our sake coaches are actually their teachers. So I made it a point mm-hmm. that you're not going to have, you know, a random college kid roll out of bed at, you know, two o'clock and wake up and be at sake at two 30 in the afternoon and say, okay, guys go play. We make it a point that all of the teachers within the school districts at that school um, are the coaches. They might not have the most hockey background, but they mm-hmm. have the background in just you know learning and, exactly. and teaching those life skills that you know everything from teamwork to just that overall effort and being on time and being ready, coming prepared. All those life skills we try to incorporate with the game, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's been incredibly successful and, and also a confidence booster. Um, it's funny because again, so many of these kids that, that join the, the actual game soccer and play the program are not hockey players. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just love being in there. They love interacting with their friends. We play music. They love dancing on the sidelines. I mean, it's just good for their self-esteem. They don't have to be a great hockey player to play. We don't even keep score. Um, so it's competitive, but it's fun and they feel good about themselves just being able to run around and dance and do the best they can. Um, and, and that's one of the, the life lessons that we try to instill is just, you know, be yourself and have fun mm-hmm. and be confident with what you're doing. You don't have to be a hockey player. Um, but it, it's caught on. I mean, I, it's funny because once we um, designed and, and tweaked the, the sake that we have now mm-hmm. with zipper back and everything, I've sent them out to some of my former sake players that are now ice hockey players and I've been getting pictures and emails coming in, not even saying anything, just showing me that they're running around their house right now with sockies on their stick, playing indoors, you know, and, and that's what it's all about. It, it comes full circle. Uh, they're now using this product. You know, I didn't even have to, to say anything. It's just, it, you know, it makes sense. And so mm-hmm. a lot of these kids, they, they tried hockey um, for the first time with sake. 
and they turned into to jumping on the ice and they're hockey players now, which is great. That is awesome. And that has yeah. to be so, so cool from your perspective, just seeing like how you got these kids to understand this sport that again, there's only so many hockey ranks here in New Jersey, but they at least were able to seek them out after realizing and playing. They actually kind of like it, you know, hitting this, hitting this puck with a stick. It's actually yeah. kind of fun. So I think that's great. And then the last, last thing I did want to talk about, as you said a couple of times, you're no longer coaching anymore which, hey, you have this cool new yeah. side gig, this new business that you want to make very successful and you're very passionate about it, so you're staying in the sport. But how much do you miss coaching? Like, Because I feel like that was one of the few things, you know, obviously being a teacher, you know, you at least still get that that yeah. kind of aspect, I guess, that teaching aspect out of it. But how much do you miss coaching? Um, and, and, you know, like, what is, what is that? Like, how did you make that decision to finally say, all right, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to take not... I'm going to take the other half of my time instead of coach. I'm going to put it into this business. Right. That's a great question because I miss it tremendously. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I miss just being on the ice. Um, and I'm sure every hockey player understands that, um, the competitiveness and of just coaching and, and being there and, you know, everybody can, you know, you can be biased upon what, what sport you play. But for me, I mean, I think there's nothing better than that. The environment of a hockey ice rink and a locker room mm -hmm. that, that can, you know, that camaraderie and that, everything, but I, I miss it. I miss the practices, skating. I miss the guys. I miss all that, but you know, Hey, you, you get older and you have other responsibilities. I have a wife and I have two little girls. Um, and so that takes my time up, um, and Saki and teaching. And, um, you know, it came to a point where I could be at the ice rink at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night, or I could be home reading a book to my five-year-old and, you know, helping her get ready for bed. And, you know, right now that was the priority. You know, I'd have to put the, the ice hockey stuff to the side and I, I, I want to be there for my, my two little girls and my wife, of course. And, and I didn't want to give up hockey. So I had to, something had to come off the plate. And so it had to be the, you know, the ice hockey piece and I'm sure I'll get back to it. Um, you know, but I, I definitely miss it for sure. But, you know, I guess the answer to the question is just the priorities and, and my wife and my two little girls come first. And then, uh, of course there's hockey that comes second. And so, we'll get back to, to coaching and, you know, playing a little bit, you know, I like to get into, you know, miss playing myself, some, some men's league, mm -hmm. you know, I'm fortunate that I can play in some charity games whenever they pop up, but you know, there you go. Yeah. That, that does it. That gets yeah. fixed, you know, and it's not, it's not like you left the sport, right? That's the whole right. point of Saki itself, right? You're still in the sport. Uh, you know, you're still right. you're in there some capacity You're around the people you're around the guys you're around the parents you're around the kids. And I think that that part's, that's half of it, right? At least I'm sure being on the ice, there's that feeling for you, especially because you did it for so long. And as you said, you're going to get back into it. It's just a matter of time. But Andy, yeah. this has been absolutely fantastic. Andy Borowski, founder and CEO of Saki. All the links for the social media, for the website, everything will be in the show notes so everybody can go check it out there. But Andy, sincerely appreciate your time today, man. Thanks a lot, Michael. Pleasure. Great speaking with you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode with Andy. Absolutely fantastic. Just what he's doing, how he's doing it. Sincerely appreciate him, what he's doing. Thank you to Todd Grazley for putting us in contact. Todd's also an awesome dude. Go listen to his episode if you haven't. Make sure to follow Andy and Saki on all of their socials. Everything's in the show notes. Please also make sure to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening, preferably on Apple and iTunes. Those, unfortunately, are the two most important ones. So make sure to give us a listen and a, and a, and a like and a share and a subscribe and a review there. But Thank you for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, and I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.